0: Welcome to the Winning with Shopify podcast. This is the podcast that will teach you to take your Shopify store and turn it into a business-growing sales machine. It has the latest marketing, email, sales, SEO, and social media advice, and also has strategies and tips from the experts without fluff. Your host is Nick Truman. He's a Shopify expert and an education partner with the Shopify-approved course, 1,000 Sales and Beyond. He's the CEO of JustAskParker.com, a global specialist marketing agency for Shopify, Shopify owners. Nick has over 13 years' experience in digital marketing, from PPC and SEO through to digital transformation of businesses. He's helped hundreds of brands from startup Shopify stores through to international enterprises that operate in hundreds of countries. Nick will be sharing his knowledge and interview the experts to help you in your journey to success. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Now, here's your host, Nick Truman.
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Winning with Shopify podcast. For those of you who haven't tuned in before, my name's Nick. I'm the host of the podcast here. I'm also the CEO at a company called Just Ask Parker. We're an all-in-one Shopify agency for marketing. So if you need any marketing resource, go and check out justaskparker.com. Today, we're doing something quite interesting, as you may have been aware of from last week, where we had the guys from Fairfax and Favor on talking about how they as a business build trust with their customers. So today we've got the second part of this series and it will be the final part as well. It's just a two-parter this time. But today we've got a very special guest from Trustpilot and we're gonna be talking about how people can use Trustpilot and use customer reviews to increase trust with their customers and in turn that's going to increase conversion rate it's going to help increase lifetime value of customers buying more than once from you etc 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 so without further ado i'm delighted to introduce my very special guest from trust pilot he's a good friend of mine his name's neil welcome to the show neil
2: thank you nick thank you glad to be here
1: great stuff well just before we dive in neil do you want to give us a quick overview to your role at trust pilot what trust pilot do if anybody around the world is listening right now and hasn't worked with you before
2: sure So I've been working at Trustpilot for around six years. I am a partner director. I look after the UK, Ireland and now the ANZ region. And what we try and do with the uh, the partner programme is engage with third party, typically agencies and other tech platforms to spread the message of Trustpilot and the benefits that we can offer to their clients. So it's been uh, a really you know long roller coaster it's been a, a very wild ride and we're now at a point where we're very happy with the partner program and some of our great partners that work on our behalf
1: great stuff well obviously when we were talking to bright Pearl about starting this series and talking about trust obviously given that you and i've known each other for a number of years and we've done events together and done sponsorships and partnerships etc you guys were an obvious choice to bring on here so let's let's dive into the first question then so the first question really is around trust like, just in a sort of bubble, and we'll dig into this more over the next sort of 30 to 60 minutes, but just in a kind of nutshell, you know, how does Trustpilot build trust? What are some of the obvious things that the Trustpilot tools and platform can do that build trust with customers, specifically on e-commerce stores?
2: Yeah. So I, I talk about this trust gap that you have between a business and a consumer. And obviously during this pandemic, there's a lot more consumers now buying online. So they might be working with With businesses that they've never heard of, so there's this trust gap. So you need to try and fill that trust gap, and there's many things that you can do to fill that trust gap. Social proof is an obvious one. So consumers working with businesses they've never worked for before, they want to know what that journey might look like. They want to know if you can keep your promise. So I always say this, Nick: There's you don't buy anything online. All you're doing is buying a promise from a, a a retailer that you might not know. So with promises comes trust, and businesses need to build those trust. But if you've not worked with that before, you need to be able to show via social proof, I, I guess, that trust has been built with other third parties. So consumers will look at their peers via an independent review platform as just as trustworthy as their friends and family. So each review that someone collects is a you know confirmation that a promise has been kept. and I guess a one-star review or a negative review is confirmation that that promise has been broken. And I guess the response to those reviews is, is, is what people are looking for to understand what, what the worst can happen
1: is. Definitely, and I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think there's, there's so much online now that nothing is hidden. You know, it's been a regular theme of all the different experts and Shopify store owners, et cetera, we've had on here that nothing is hidden now. So as you say, if you're looking to buy a product or as you say, you know, sort of receive a promise from a business that they're gonna deliver a product to you or a service, looking at things like customer reviews is so important. Everything from, is it going to arrive on time? Is the product any good? Did it fulfill the purpose that you're buying it for, et cetera. I think it's so important to understand, well, are customers having a good or a bad experience as a result of that? Certainly Bright Pearl's guide, which um, I probably should have mentioned right at the start, by the way. So anyone who didn't listen last week, check out um, Bright Pearl's latest guide they've released. It's just go straight to the homepage of their website and it should just be at the bottom of the screen. I've commented in there, it talks about customer reviews. It talks about delivery, uh, timescales, et cetera, and how to really build trust with your customers. Because as you say, you now it's, it's so important to make sure that trust is, is strong. What happens then if, uh, say somebody you know, gets a review platform like Trustpilot, what happens if they start to get bad reviews?
2: Okay, so we, we don't know of bad reviews. We hear, we hear of positive reviews and negative reviews. Okay, sure. <laughs> what we feel is the positive reviews are great and you can amplify them to improve your reputation. The negative reviews is an opportunity to learn. So it's an opportunity, someone telling you about your business that, you know, something might not have gone wrong. So there's not a question of do you make mistakes because we know the answer to that. Every business makes mistakes. Every human makes mistakes. It's how if you do make a mistake, how you're going to rectify that. So are you going to just ignore it and just hope they go away? Or are you actually going to embrace uh, with that consumer and rectify what might have gone wrong? And that's what builds trust. Just by responding, you are building an emotional relationship with that consumer. And other people that have got that trust gap to fill will look at your negative reviews and understand what the worst can happen is. And they want to know that you're going to respond and you're going to rectify if if something does go wrong. You know, especially in these times, things aren't quite what they used to be. Deliveries will be late. Things will be out of stock. It's how you react to those times where you drop that ball
1: sure so i guess in a sense actually having negative reviews can be a positive thing and actually in a sense can almost sorry not negative bad weird sorry negative i'll try and keep that the right way around for you because i i love the way you phrase these kind of things because from my point of view it is just kind of good and bad and ugly um and ugly are the ones that i think you get the most learnings from as you say but um Certainly. So, so I guess from your perspective, then you're, you're seeing that a lot of retailers or businesses on the whole actually even having some negative reviews on there. Obviously, it's good for them to learn, but actually for a new customer thinking of buying, if they look at negative reviews and see that you've responded, dealt with the problem or which I, I often say this to a lot of our clients, you're always going to get nutters. There's always going to be someone who writes a review and anyone reading that review goes, what on earth was this person expecting? Like, you know, no wonder they've put one star. I mean, this is not the business's fault. But um, yeah, are you saying that actually those negative reviews could help businesses actually sign a new customer or, you know, build trust and and bring somebody in?
2: Absolutely. So I, I think people of our age, we've grown up with reviews. So whether that's with eBay or Amazon, so we can we can recognise those nutters and we can understand those people that just write reviews for the sake of trying to get something or or their expectations have been too high. So we, we, we almost run our an eye over it and then we discount those because we understand that, that, that that's not necessarily the norm. Over 50% of consumers, they want to see a mix of positive and negative reviews. And, and this is a top prompt for purchase. Actually, just seeing five star reviews is not a trusted. It, people think that you're gaming the system. So it's not how you become trusted. It's actually having positive and negative reviews and how you respond to those reviews. Now, when it comes to negative reviews, it gives you the opportunity to obviously improve and to then respond as well. But what it does do, it offers you that opportunity to turn that customer around. So the actual worst review of all is the one that you never see. So if if someone keeps these to themselves or they might post on a, a forum that you're not privy to, you might lose that customer forever and not actually realize the lifetime value. So by actually having these consumers talking to you, right? And and if you're going to listen, you're probably going to better off listen to your customers. If they're going to tell you something about your business, it's worth taking that on board and trying to rectify this problem, but also make sure that that doesn't happen again. So just always improving the experiences that your consumers have with your company.
1: Yeah, very good points, I think. And something, again, that's been a really common theme over the last few months from Shopify store owners we've had on the show, a lot of them do talk about, they talk about the fact they've run focus groups or every complaint email has been their biggest then strength in what do we do next to turn the business around or to improve things or to scale it. And actually, in a sense, what you're sort of saying about forums is quite interesting, that if you don't see it, it's not just that one customer, it's all the other customers will see that so actually i mean what one thing i can recommend to anybody just to keep an eye on what people are saying about your business is there's a thing called google alerts and they're free to use if you've got a google account which is also free you can set up a google alert and the google alert will just send you an email every time your business name is mentioned somewhere that google's aware of Bearing in mind Google's only purpose is to crawl the internet and sort all of the internet's uh, information into their search results. They're finding quite a lot. You can also set it to daily, weekly, monthly, so you're not getting, uh, especially if you're quite a large brand, you don't want to be getting updates every five to 10 minutes. And just a little uh, caveat, I don't recommend this to my clients because then they email us constantly going, oh, we've just been featured in this news article. Someone mentioned our name. Is there anything we can do with this? And it's kind of like, right, calm down. It's just one thing of thousands of things that we need to be doing right now but i think as a business owner it's it's certainly when you've got, got a smaller store and you're trying to grow the business things like google alerts just keeping an eye on it is really really important but actually when going back to the focus groups Instead of running a focus group or in addition to running focus groups and having those, you know, one to one or one to ten conversations with customers. The other thing you can do as well is, as Neil says, if you've got a review platform, you're getting feedback instantly and you're actually requesting that feedback and you're doing it publicly on the open stage. So it can be a bit scary at first. You know, are we only going to get one star reviews? And so many of our clients have had that kind of fear. And then we've got them set up and we've always sort of said look, if it's a complete catastrophe, we can turn it off. It's not the end of the world, but yeah, getting those first few reviews, I think a lot of our clients have been like, wow, people rate us really highly. I had no idea. And it's like, yeah, you need to, you need to communicate with customers and find out. And I think having those reviews, in addition to focus groups, it gives you another channel, another avenue to then find out what your customers do and don't want. And then you can make some really quick, simple, obvious changes to your prices, your product range, your delivery times, that sort of thing. And suddenly you'll find the revenue that you're generating through your store naturally just starts to increase because it's heading in the right direction. Would you say it's fair, Neil? Is that is that sort of make sense to, to you? Yeah, it
2: makes complete sense. It, it, it's very fair. Having one depository where all your reputation lives is very important. You don't want to be going and logging into different forums or, you know your Facebook and social channels bring them back to being fun again so have a different sort of platform to actually have all of your feedback on and you can respond in one quick easy way we obviously have reports and you know and sentiment analysis and review insights so it can collate all the information that you've got on one on this particular platform and give you a report every month or every quarter about you know areas that you're doing well areas that that need a little bit improvement so you start to understand your business and your customers a lot more. And Nick, you you, you mentioned a good point. Actually, it's really good for morale <laughs> that people say, "Oh, okay." Well, yeah. Because often businesses they only hear when things go wrong. So actually, when when you you're getting really positive feedback, it just really gives everyone a bit of a boost. And uh, obviously, people sometimes are mentioned in reviews, and that could be used as a on a sort of like a bonus scheme for for these particular people if they've been mentioned. In a particular review, they can get a bonus or a trip to the theatre in them old days when we were allowed to go out. <laughs> so, yeah, it's um, it really is important and it has a huge amount of benefits. There's there's lots of companies that use Trustpilot and our score as a metric for their customer success uh, and understand that if their score goes up by, you know, 0.1 or 0.2, then, you know, everyone's rewarded and, and that sort of thing. So yeah, it has, it has a huge amount of benefits, but having it all in one place just makes it a lot easier to manage.
1: And let's talk about how to get reviews then. If we break this into a few different chunks, because there's a lot to this, I think, and this is often where a lot of businesses spend most of their time, is just actually getting more reviews to increase the volume. And I'll explain some of the, some of the, certainly the SEO and PPC benefits a little bit later as to what, what you can actually do with the reviews, even before people have landed on the site. But first of all, Neil, just on a very kind of basic level, technology-wise, Certainly, it was specifically on Trustpilot. How can people gain reviews? How does your tech actually notify a customer and say, right, do this?
2: Yeah. So if we're talking specifically e-commerce, and we are today, and specifically Shopify, we make it very, very easy for these e-commerce businesses to collect reviews. So we do it via email. And and what we try to do is we try to schedule the invitation and word the invitation in such a way that's going to make as many people to, to leave a review as possible. So we ask, and, and our success has been off the back of just asking a very simple question. So how did you find, you know, please rate your experience. So it's very, very simple. And, and the paradox of actually asking just a very simple question is you get quite a lot of verbatim in return. So that's good. And we've obviously got tools to be able to pick out that verbatim and, and, and put it into different topics. But if you can send an invitation as, as close to the actual transaction as possible, You're going to get people that are still engaged with you and your business and want to leave feedback. Also, if you word the invitation in such a way that you say, We actually really value your feedback and we're going to use it to improve our services going forward, people think that they're just not leaving a review just for the sake of it. They're leaving a review that's actually going to be used. And obviously, on a public facing platform such as Trustpilot, they will understand that other people are going to be reading that review and taking on and making decisions based upon your review. So it makes you feel a little bit more special as a consumer that other people are going to be reading that review and you as a business are actually going to use that to improve your business or you're going to amplify that and on your social channels and your other digital assets to, to encourage you know, new consumers to work with you as well. So it's automated is, is the key. So having an automated invitation process, And obviously, with Shopify and other e-commerce platforms, we have a plugin to allow you to do that. But we also have data on when the best time to actually leave a review. So between Tuesdays and Thursdays at three o'clock in the afternoon might be your optimum time to leave a review. So what you can do is set up that invitation to send out that time after the trigger that comes from an order confirmation from your e-commerce platform such as Shopify.
1: Nice. I think, I mean, that, that's the real thing, isn't it? It's just making it, you know, and I will say just, just to be slightly independent here, because we do work with other review platforms. Trustpilot is obviously the best, but we work with other ones. But um, yeah, all platforms do have that kind of thing. And it's it's so simple just to kind of install a plugin or in Shopify's case, an app, chuck that into the back of your site and you can then edit the settings and it starts to send out emails to customers saying, could you leave us a review? But I think you made some really key points about it's not necessarily, well, we'll come on to incentivization in a sec, but it's not even necessarily incentivizing. It's just a clear kind of, you know, th- we want to have a conversation. We're a very front-facing public business and brand. You can talk to us. We want to hear from you. And I think, as you say, actually saying to customers, this is going to be part of our business improvement process, so we're keen to hear from you. Again, that gives a customer a sort of a reason to actually want to engage. Because one of the challenges we've had in the past is we sort of, certainly when we pick up new clients, we get a new client, the new client sort of says to us, like, you know, oh, we've got Trustpilot, can we do anything more with it? Or we've got one of the others, which I won't name today. Uh, we got one of the other ones on there. And when we look at it, we're like, you're just not gaining any reviews. Like the automated emails are being ignored by people or they're being sent out at the wrong time. We've seen businesses, for example, who, you know, delivery might be three to four weeks because it's a bespoke piece of furniture that needs to be made. And actually, if it was faster, that would actually damage the customer reputation a little bit because customers would go, it arrived so quickly, I don't know how they made it to my spec. They must have had one lying around. I thought this was bespoke. I thought they were making it for me, but clearly not. So, yeah, delaying the emails because there's no point getting an email before the products actually arrived. You know, they've got to at least have a chance to have a look at it unless you're asking them for a service review and it's a, how easy was it to order from our website? So there are ways to get those reviews quicker. But I think, as you say now, it really is about what is that communication? What is the message? What is the conversation that you're starting here? It's all automated, of course, but what is that conversation from a customer's point of view? And I think we we say time and time again on the podcast, use your website as as, as a customer. Go on it. Play with it. Find out where it doesn't work. Find out where it's broken. Find out where something doesn't quite happen as you'd want it to. And then at least you've pinpointed a problem. So if these emails come out too early, well, that's an easy one to fix. If the wording on the email is a bit kind of, hang on, I've just ordered a very large product It's going to take weeks to arrive – yeah, I've got my review email in my inbox sort of instantly, You can guarantee it's going to be ignored. So I think getting that getting that timing is absolutely key, isn't it, to to getting it to work?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're absolutely spot on. And and you, you mentioned about the service. So if there is an end-to-end service that you're actually purchasing on site, we, we have other ways to collect reviews and you can have an embedded review form. So at the end of that particular purchase, you can just come up while you're still on the site so you can collect the information then. But as long as they have experienced and purchased a service online. But you're absolutely right. If you can get and just get the timing correct, so as close to the purchase as possible, but obviously once they've received the goods. So what we have is a a delayed invitation tick box to say, okay, well, we we know typically delivery takes between, you know, three and five days. After seven days, we're going to ask them for a review. So they've actually got the delivery or they might have collected, as we know from these sort of lockers that you get now, have it back at home and make an informed, you know, review based upon the whole experience. So yeah, as, as close to the uh, the purchase uh, as possible is my recommendation.
1: Sure, sure. And then I guess, I mean, question probably for me as much as you to be honest, given that, you know, we work in marketing, let's say you've got loads of good reviews, you've got 4.8 stars, you know, it's all looking very nice. A few negative a few negative ones, but that's as we say, you know, that's healthy. You've got 4.8 stars, you've got 300 reviews now. So specifically on Google, what can we start to use those reviews for? Like, where does all of that hard work really start to pay off in terms of customer acquisition, revenue growth, et cetera?
2: Okay, so that's a very good question. So, we have an agreement with Google where we are one of their review partners. And If you collect 100 reviews within a 12-month period and you have a composite score of 3.5 stars and above, what Google will do is they'll start picking up your Trustpilot reviews and feeding them into their ecosystem. So if you are someone that takes advantage of paid search via pay-per-click ads, what it will do is it will, will amalgamate your reviews, and that could be Trustpilot, and you might have a couple of Google reviews as well, and it will push those reviews into your Google ads with what's called Google Seller Ratings. So not Google reviews, Google Seller Ratings. So Google Seller Ratings is an amalgamation of all your reviews into a composite score. And what it will do, as I said, it will feed into those Google ads. So it does a number of different things. So it makes the ad bigger, which is great. You're getting more real estate on that Google homepage, which is is, is important. But it also has that sort of magpie effect that, you know, we're all sort of drawn to these sort of gold stars. But it's also telling someone a little bit about your business before they even click on your ad. So it's telling people about the service that you offer in a in a star rating. So what that typically does, increases the amount of people that clicks on your ads to the ones that don't necessarily have stars. So you're getting more traffic from, from those ads than you would without the actual star rating. What we can also do is feed into uh, your product listing apps on Google as well. So again, with the same agreement that we've got with Google, we can actually send your product reviews Into your Google shopping product listing ads. Again, it does the same thing. It allows you to stand out, it increases that visibility to those consumers that are probably seeing, you know, they might have five or six tabs open, you know, they're drawn to these stars and they're gonna click on those stars. It's just human nature. We also have, just as part of our product, with the product review, so nick i don't need to tell you this you uh, you understand the seo but reviews
1: are- <laughs> live, might- live and breathe this stuff it's all good so far all good so far
2: yeah <laughs> uh, yeah tell me if i'm going wrong by the way with our product reviews by just displaying on your product pages with the trust pilot widgets we call them trust boxes this will automatically mark the page up for rich snippets so you'll increase your visibility in the organic search as well so if something if if for instance, you might be going for a period where you're not using paid ads. Actually, you can increase the visibility of your brand and your product pages via the rich snippets. So the rich snippets is essentially those gold stars which just put in your organic listings as opposed to your paid search advertising.
1: No, I think you're absolutely spot on. I think what I'll do is I'll add in a couple of bits on top of that. So everything you said is absolutely perfect. But let me add a couple of things, which then because it, it starts a bit of a domino effect in a very good way. So the first thing, if we go, if we go back just to the, your first point about PPC. So as you say, once you've got 100 reviews all above 3.5 stars in a single 12-month period, once you've got those and they pull into your PPC campaigns, your Google Ads account, you can then set up, the actual way you need to do it is you need to set up these little review extensions within Google Ads. And those review extensions, they then start to, as you say, put these five gold stars onto your search ads So these are the text ones. So we will talk about shopping in a set, but it comes into the text ads. Now, there's a little thing within Google Ads called quality score. And apologies, I'm getting a bit technical here. For most people, you won't need to worry about quality score most of the time. It's for people like me and my team who are managing ads all day, every day. But quality score essentially is based on how relevant the keyword is to the advert to the landing page, but also it's based on performance. And one of the most important performance statistics for quality score is click-through rate. So as Neil says, if your advert pops up and people click on it, if one in 10 people click on it, you have a click through rate of 10%. The higher that click through rate is, the higher your quality score is. And the higher your quality score is, the less you're going to pay per click, which makes your Google ads a little bit cheaper. And there's another thing called search impression share. And your search impression share will increase if your quality score is higher. Quality score is out of 10, and you can see it on keywords in Google. So by adding in these review extensions, so you've got the five gold stars coming up on your Google search adverts, by having them on there increases the percentage of people that click through onto your site. A, you're getting more traffic. B, your quality score is higher, so it's costing you less per person. And C, Google will now open up those specific keywords that have a high quality score. will open them up to a wider audience anyway, because you're relevant. People are clicking through. They're not bouncing off. They're having a good experience because you've got a great website, etc. They're buying products, and the whole thing starts to work more efficiently. Google Shopping works in a similar way, where Google just wants the best shopping results, the best products to come up for each search. So whatever the search is, the products will come through. So if you search oak wooden table, for example, or oak table, luxury oak table, um, it will go through everybody's Google Shopping feeds and go, right, which one, who's got the most relevant products to this? And again, if they've got stars, especially if there is a good star rating, and it has to be for it to pull through, if you've got a nice four and a half, five-star rating, over 100 reviews in the last 12 months, and you've installed the extension, you're going to get those five gold stars there. More people are going to click through. And as we all know, Google Shopping is, well, across the board, it generally is the highest converting platform. We find our most of our clients get more revenue through Google Shopping than any other channel in terms of pound for pound advertising. So if you can encourage more people to click through by having the five gold stars in your shopping listings, and Google's showing you more often because you have those five gold stars, you're driving more traffic into the site from a high converting channel. So it's really, really important to get that absolutely right. And then finally, the SEO point as well, the only thing I'll add on that is that not all widgets, or as you guys call them, trust boxes, not all of them are marked up for what what you called rich snippets. It's also called schema. It's also called structured data. It's also called micro data. Whatever you want to call it, especially on products, that's where the five gold stars appear on Google. But not all trust boxes have those five gold stars marked up with the specific code so you might choose chat to a developer quickly and make sure you're using the right one so for example if you just have a little a tiny little badge that's only about you know half an inch wide that just says we've got five star trust pilot review and it's just a little image that's not going to pull through any stars as far as SEO is concerned so you need to make sure you are using the right widget but Neil's absolutely right once you've got those reviews you can drop that widget on there and that's that's also I, I might be wrong Neil but that's built into the trust pilot app isn't it on Shopify you can just sort of choose the box and say, yeah, chuck all of these onto my product pages for me. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. So
2: so with the app with Shopify, you get a drag and drop functionality, So you can just choose a trust box and pop it onto the category pages, your product pages, home pages, landing pages, whatever it might be. But yeah, the product-specific trust boxes, you are right, not, not all of them are marked up for, for schema.org or rich snippets, whatever you want to call them. Uh, but obviously, just make sure if you do want those stars showing in your organic listings, that you choose a trust box that is marked up. But definitely worth checking because the the one thing you don't want to do is mark up incorrectly because you might get penalised by Google. However, obviously, if you use our trust boxes that are correctly marked up, we will do them changes for you. If you aren't using one of those trust boxes and you're marking up yourselves, it's worth getting a, a professional to have a look over that.
1: Sure. We don't actually have a task at Just Ask Parker for that, but if you want to submit a custom task or get in touch with any of our team and ask, it is something we can do. So we can do it customly, but our response is probably going to, you know, have a good look at your site. Our response is probably going to be just to use the default Trustpilot ones because they are very, very good. And it also means everything that is then integrated. So if anything updates, it'll update automatically without you knowing, and it's already working and fixed by the time it updates on your site because Trustpilot will do the legwork and the dev work for you. So you won't have to worry about any of it because it all happens on their side. So that's good. And then next question, I don't, I don't think this is actually on our list, but it suddenly sprung to mind, something that we do do with reviews quite a lot. Let's talk briefly about cherry picking. You know, when you sort of choose a good review to put in a certain part of the site... Yeah, how can Shopify store owners um, or anybody working on Shopify, how can how can they start using a bit of cherry picking for certain parts of the journey, et cetera? What, what are your thoughts on that, Neil?
2: Cherry picking has a, has a number of different sort of like connotations. So some people suggest that cherry picking is you're cherry picking the people that you're inviting to leave a review. So Trustpilot is completely against that. And we have automated invitation process to stop that cherry picking happening. How your understanding of cherry picking is, is picking out the, the, the five star reviews. So what we do is with TrustPilot, we have an automated way to get your reviews from your TrustPilot profile page to your digital assets, and it's very—it's all automated. And what you can do is choose and decide which reviews you want to amplify. And obviously, they're going to probably be the—you know—the five and four and five-star um, reviews. You know, the one and two-star reviews are on your platform, and you've responded to those, so they might be quite lengthy. So you might not want to have those on your website. So using our uh, trust boxes, as I mentioned earlier, you can determine which reviews are displayed in those trust boxes. So you can cherry pick the nice ones. But what you can also do is have specific content on specific pages. So if, for instance, you might have a page all around your customer service because it's fantastic, you can actually pick out the reviews that talk about your fantastic customer service and have those in a trust box on that particular page. What's probably a little bit more commercially beneficial to you is potentially looking at where on your site, where people might leave your site and for what reasons. And then you might be able to mitigate the reasons that they leave by having content from reviews at that stage of the process. So one thing that springs to mind is, let's say, for instance, you're in the checkout and you get a lot of people leave your website when you display your delivery charges, for instance. So what you can do is actually have a trust box there with reviews that talk about how great your delivery is the fact that you deliver on weekends or the fact that it's a two-man job and you know they take away your old dishwasher or whatever it might be. The, the great things that you do on a delivery aspect might mitigate the perceived high cost of delivery. So it's very good that you cherry pick reviews that, that might help the customer through that journey online.
1: Absolutely. I mean, that, yeah, that's exactly what I mean by, it. I think where people can start cherry picking reviews is in asking for a review and saying, let's only ask customers that have had a good experience we're really against that. I mean, as we said straight away on, you know, as you, as you shared straight away, we're totally in agreement that people should get reviews from everybody. Negative ones are of absolute use you just need to be educated enough to know what you're doing with them and how to respond to them. That will take a bit of time, a bit of testing, etc. But yeah, certainly delivery, That that's the exact same example I use. You know, when people look at the delivery information page or when they're on a product and they start scrolling down the page going, how much is delivery on this thing? It's quite big or it says next day. I bet that's going to cost a lot. And You know, they start scrolling around. If you have on your product pages, a section that says, you know, delivery info, actually cherry picking a review or two or, you know, even three or four and have them kind of swishing between them. So people can see that, you know, somebody says, oh, I was a bit, I was a bit, you know, I was a bit unhappy when I realized delivery was going to cost five pounds. But to be fair, it arrived the next day. The delivery driver was incredibly friendly. It was all part of DPD, who's one of the, in my opinion, is one of the best delivery companies in the UK. They have a really, really strong service. People then start to say that, then they can see the value in it equally if it's even if it's free delivery if you're ordering something that's not easy to have delivered again cherry picking a review to say you know we had our sofa delivered that sort of thing these guys were great you know the delivery was free and it did take a couple of weeks but they were great when they arrived they helped us rearrange our living room for five minutes you know before they disappear stuff like that i think is just so precious and again, as we said right start, any negative reviews as well about delivery? Obviously, I wouldn't plaster them onto the website for obvious reasons, but they're really important to then learn how do we improve delivery and then let's monitor our Trustpilot reviews to see if we have succeeded. If people are now saying, arrived on time, well-packaged, et cetera, if those were two things that we realized previously didn't work very well for us. And I think as well, on some products that are kind of mass market, cherry-picking a couple of reviews can be really really important so i for example I, i bought a new car last year and my car has apple carplay which is absolutely brilliant i love it but you have to plug your phone in which annoys me slightly because my partner likes picking my phone up and looking for songs on spotify or checking the weather or something on my phone while we're in the car and of course as soon as she unplugs it the map disappears the music stops so I bought a little device from a Shopify store, which the store itself didn't look very trustworthy, I have to admit. But I read the reviews and on the product itself, there were lots of reviews saying I've got a brand new 2020 Audi, which is the same sort of car I just bought. And this wasn't listed as a model where this device would work, but I bought it. It's got, they had a free returns policy and it did work when I plugged it in. And that review, that was the reason I bought this product. And they cherry picked that review onto that page. So I think these kind of things can be so powerful. You've just got to take a bit of a step back. And as I said earlier, use your website as a customer. And as you're digging around your website as a customer, try and work out where could a good review go. Or the other way you could do it is pull out your top 10 or 20 reviews that you're like, this customer's nailed it. It's a short and sweet review, but it says, you know, these guys were really, really strong on this bit. Well, there's somewhere on the website we can put that and then you can go and cherry pick it and chuck it into there at the same time. But yeah, I think cherry picking reviews like that is so powerful for, for UX. And as we're talking about today, building trust with new customers, I think that, that speaks even louder than just the generic list of, you know, we get 10 new reviews a day and they're all five star. Again, having the cherry picked ones that are, you know, relevant, fairly recent, et cetera, I think can be so powerful.
2: Yeah, I agree. And you can do it in an automated way as well. So it's not a massive overhead in those reviews in the right places. So, It could be that you tag reviews that talk about certain things and have them automatically sent to those areas of your business. Another thing that reviews can do is it it can answer lots of questions that people have. So, you know, online, we, we don't have that advantage of having, you know, Jim behind the counter with a big smile on his face. You need to sort of like replicate these sorts of social proof elements. On your website, and reviews do a great way of um, social proof as well. Obviously, having those reviews time stamped is really important that people are using the site. But it just answers a hell of a lot of questions that, you know, there's a ton of questions going through people's minds, especially new consumers to businesses. And we touched on a bit earlier is my personal details going to be safe? Is it going to turn up on time? What's the quality like? But also things like do they deliver in North Scotland or Northern Ireland or the Channel Islands or whatever? And reviews can actually answer a lot of these questions on site as well.
1: Yeah, I think absolutely key. And I, I'll be honest, I don't know if Trustpilot does do this or not. So you can answer that question for me in a sec. But I was buying a laptop online recently, and anyone with any sense never buys uh, MacBooks direct from Apple anymore because they have awful customer service. And I've named and shamed them many, many times, not just on this podcast. Um, but if you have an issue with a laptop, you could be looking at two or three months before it's next going to turn on again, just how long it's going to take to repair. So I personally use other retailers that give you better warranties like John Lewis or PC World, Curry's, etc which is just some of the ones in the uk that give you next day delivery on a brand new macbook so if ever we've got a new staff member or somebody needs a new laptop we get it next day delivery it's the same price as apple because it's a stationary retail price and if it goes wrong they'll swap or fix it within 24 hours whereas apple won't but on one of these sites i think it was pc world here in the uk i think it was them I, i basically jumped on live chat to ask some questions about the new apple m1 chip which is out and i have to admit i've got it it's absolutely brilliant It's probably the biggest upgrade on any Apple device I've had in a very long time. Looks the same, works the same, but the speed is phenomenal. But I wanted to ask questions about would all my old applications on my laptop still work? So I jumped on live chat to them and at the end of the live chat conversation, it said, can you leave us a review? I then went back and realized where I'd started the live chat conversation, it had said on there that we have a five star live chat service And they had a separate load of reviews where people were reviewing the live chat service. And I just thought it was really interesting that they've now got this five-star review on the page, which is absolutely 100% true and transparent. They have a five-star customer service live chat functionality. And when I went on it, the guy appeared on, I was, I was only on audio, but he appeared on video and we actually ended up having a video call because he said, can we jump on video quickly? And I'll show you a couple of the models. I've got some here. And he was literally sitting in an office with like three or four MacBooks around him. And he was showing me the different ones and saying, look, here's a speed test on this one. There's one on that. This one weighs the same as the old one absolutely brilliant and then asked me for a review and of course i was like this guy was great he's he helped me choose exactly which laptop i need which was actually 200 pounds cheaper than i was planning to pay anyway so save save the company some money help me order it and put it in my cart for me on the website and then ask for reviews so again i don't know if Trustpilot actually do that as a function or whether that could come under just service reviews But I thought it was really interesting as a as a kind of call to action, a USP on the site that you can jump on video with an expert, have a conversation. And the guy literally appeared instantly. It wasn't I wasn't like waiting in a queue for anything. It was an instant. You're talking to a technical rep now, not a salesperson, technical representative talk about this stuff but what, what could you do and try and it's a bit far-fetched for a lot of the products a lot of our listeners will be selling but um what kind of stuff could you do with something like that now or is it just post-purchase that Trustpilot focus on
2: firstly that was great service that you got from that guy and definitely not a salesperson more of a tech guy if you spent 200 pound less but we, we could definitely do that so so often a review request is not always done on the actual purchase of a particular product it's actually done on any interaction that you have with that business so it could be when you go to claim on your insurance or when you have a problem with like say your your apple mac so you can actually be asked for a review on what that instance and what that interaction with our business was like now what we don't have at the moment but i am talking to a couple of third parties is to spin that invitation request straight from the live chat but what we do have is let's just say that guy's name's tim after You and Tim have spoken, like you say, it sounds like a great experience that you had. Tim can send you automatically an email to say, hey, look, you know, we've just spoken on on live chat. I hopefully sorted out your issue that you had or I've helped you in in what have your way. Can you leave a review? And what you can then do is those reviews can be pre-tagged with spoke on live chat. So whatever way that you communicate with that business, whether it's email, live chat, social channels or whatever, they can be pre-tagged, the invitation. So when that review comes in and you say, I had a great time with Tim, you know, he really helped me out and I've I've now got a new MacBook with a a great new chip in it. You can actually then post that review very close to the live chat option on your website. So when people are thinking, crikey, am I actually going to, you know, get what I want from this live chat or am I going to be holding in a queue for like an hour or so? You can actually have those reviews right by that live chat button that talks about the, the great experience other people have had using that particular medium.
1: Sure. Now, I think it's a, it's a really important point, I think, it's just, yeah, what to actually do once you've got the reviews. And I hope for everybody listening, I hope that's useful just to understand you know, how Trustpilot works, how to get more reviews from review activity, or especially if you're paying for a review platform, which I I do highly recommend. Some things in life I think are better when they're free, but I think review platforms absolutely go for a paid one, assess the tech. And like we always say as well, buy technology today that's going to help you grow. Because one of the worst things is when you're getting loads of orders and you can't keep up, or you've got a review platform that you're on the free platform and the functionality just isn't there. It doesn't plug into your website, etc. One of the reasons we love Shopify is you can just upgrade to Shopify Plus. All your apps and stuff are still working. It's essentially the same code on your site as well, just with a whole load of new features for you. So scalability is absolutely key. And I think bringing in a review platform earlier and making the most of it, you'll get a lot more value out of it than you would if you just put those, you know, few hundred pounds or dollars a month into PPC or into a, you know, social campaign, etc. I think you find a lot more value from it. Just before I share a little discount that you can get through us, Given that we've got our partnership with Trustpilot, any final thoughts from you, Neil? Just any advice on what's going on at the moment? Any final thoughts and reviews for Shopify, et cetera?
2: I would just say uh, embrace it. So th- there's a lot of misconceptions around reviews. I'm only going to get negative reviews. It- it's-, it's absolutely not the case unless you offer, obviously, terrible service. you know that no one... <laughs> Bigger that. issues. Really terrible <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So the people that offer really bad service and trying to hoodwink their customers shouldn't be using Trustpilot. If you offer great service and you want to differentiate yourself between yourself and your competitors, what, what one thing I always say is, is reputation is yours and you own it. And it's, and, and it's something that you can manage and improve. And it's something that people can't replicate. They can't. Like John Lewis, for instance, known for their fantastic service in store. You know, that's something that, that they've worked on over years and years and years. And you can't take that away from them. So I would say embrace uh, Trustpilot. You know, we do have paid for tools that allow you to get more value from our platform, but we also have a free plan. So I'd recommend that you maybe start with the free plan. You then start seeing value. You then want more out of it and then you can potentially upgrade to some of our paid tools.
1: Sure. And the free plan as well, just just to flag, it does, it does have some limitations in terms of what you can and can't do, of course, because Trustpilot have got bills to pay and it's a good piece of tech that, that they, they provide and support, et cetera. But yeah, the free plan will certainly get you off the ground. And I think don't, don't just go with another free plan because it has a few more features today. Again, think down the line and go, we're probably going to end up paying for a review platform at some point. It'd be a lot easier if we're already on the right one, because if you switch, the chances are you won't be able to take your reviews with you. So actually making a a good decision on that today is really important because you don't want to switch platforms and have a standing start. So you've got to have a, yeah, have it. Some platforms do let you move them, but most don't for obvious reasons. They're the ones that have helped you collect it, especially for free. So no, thanks so much for joining us today, Neil. It's been really great to have you on the show.
2: I really appreciate the opportunity to have a chat with you, Nick, as always. Always a pleasure.
1: Great stuff. And as I mentioned, we do have a little discount. So we've been working with Trustpilot for a number of years now at Spec, which is my business in London. However, I've set up a little redirect into our portal with Trustpilot. So if you want to get 10% off, And that's 10% off for life on any of their plans. Just go to justaskparker.com forward slash Trustpilot, all one word. So justaskparker.com slash Trustpilot. Um, Go on there and that will automatically forward you straight to the Trustpilot site through our partner portal. So you can go on there and get 10% off. As Neil says, you can go and use the free plan as well. That portal is not going to sign you up. It's just going to start a conversation. So you can get in touch with one of their one of their review experts and have a conversation about the tech. So definitely go and check that out. If you haven't already um, or if you missed last week, go and listen to last week's episode. Also go to and check out the new guide on how to build trust. As mentioned, I've commented on there. There's also a guide on BrightParl's website if you look in their guides and resources area. There is also a guide they did a year or two ago with Trustpilot. So go and check that out as well, because it talks about how Pearl and Trustpilot can integrate quite nicely throughout customer delivery, et cetera, from the Brightpearl platform. So... Last bit from me. Thanks so much for listening today. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. Um, we'll be back next week. I can't announce what we're doing next week yet, partly because I don't know, and partly because we've got about six different guests um, all pending, waiting to, uh, waiting to come on. So we'll have one of those guys on next week. We've got a few new series coming up, etc. And the final thing to say as well is we've just launched the new Just Ask Parker website. So if you want to go and check out all of our new services, we've got loads of new audits, plans, etc. to go and choose from. So go and check out justasparker.com everything's on there. And you can also book a call on there now with one of our experts for free. Want to have a quick chat? So, um, I might regret saying that because we do have thousands of people that listen to this podcast every week. But yeah, go on there. We'll respond to as many as we can in terms of giving free advice. But again, there's loads of new plans on there. We try not to push it too hard. But we spent a lot of time over the last nine months launching the new site, changing our offering, doing exactly what we've been talking about the last few months on the podcast, which is finding out what customers really need. And you guys are our customers. So, we've been trying to find out what you need and position our services and what we offer accordingly. So, go and check that out. That's enough sales spiel from me for one week. Um, we'll be back next Friday. Post every Friday if you haven't subscribed already. And also you can check out our Facebook group, which is completely free. And you can go on there and post um, any questions, problems, etc. And if you go on Facebook and just search winning with Shopify, you can go and check that out. Um, and feel free to rewind two minutes and listen to all of the things I've just said again. to uh, appreciate. I do talk quite quickly. So <laughs> thanks a lot for joining us this week, guys. We'll be back next week and um, hope you're all staying safe. Cheers.
0: Sign up for free for the Shopify-approved marketing course at 1000salesandbeyond.com and get our show notes at justaskparker.com podcast. Thanks for listening to the Winning with Shopify podcast. See you next time.